Hi, and welcome, Dennis, to another episode of the Wildly Successful Dental Podcast series. I'm here with my good friend, Keith. Keith, welcome to the podcast. Keith is a banker. He works with First Citizens. He is wonderful. He has been in this industry for a long time. I have personally worked with him. I can personally tell you the guy gets banking and he gets loans through. <laughs> Keith, tell us about yourself. Tell us about First Citizens. Tell us about Dennis and how wonderful it is to serve them. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, Nermeen, first, thank you so much for having me of on the course. show. Of course. Wonderful to be here. Um, you know, I've been in the banking space for 15 years. I've been with First Citizens Bank for five years. And awesome. It's it's um, it's truly kind of been transformative for my career. Um, I came from another super regional bank. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was trying to provide that one-to-one -one relationship approach. Yes. Um, in an industry, kind of a model just did not fit. Yeah. Um, so I was really excited you know, to join the bank um, and yeah. to really just watch the growth trajectory that they've grown on. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, you know, our specialty is banking in the medical, you know, field. Yes, Dentists exactly. in particular. Yes. Um, and it's just been, uh, it's been an amazing journey. We hearing the needs of clients, mm -hmm. um, really kind of understanding what their pain points are. Yes, What exactly. they're excited in yes. their practice for, right? Yes, yes. Um, And then really getting the opportunity to work with them, yeah. um, you know, kind of using some, some specific tools, right? Yeah. Like a, a Gantt chart to kind of understand yes here's your goal right here's the steps uh -huh. that you're gonna be breaking down and then uh -huh. kind of taking the time approach there yeah um for a lot of key things in a bit so it's been it's been wonderful i'm really excited that's awesome okay so first citizens by the way you might not know is actually one of the few banks that specializes in dentists and dental practices and they have kind of flown a little bit under the radar on this i feel like um, but I but I know personally that First Citizens is one of the ones that gets it. Oftentimes you can go to another bank, a bigger bank, and they're gonna look at your financials, they're gonna be like, we don't understand this. That's <laughs> why I kind of love going to First Citizens because they get how dental practices work, right? They get what numbers are truly the drivers of growth in your practice. So if you're just going to take your financials to another big name bank, you may not get the financing that you're looking for, right? And that's, so, you know, First Citizens Bank, we're among the largest family control banks in the United States, right? So publicly traded, but um, the holding family owns the majority shares. Yep. When I joined the bank, gosh, five years ago, going on six years ago yeah. now, um, you know, it was $50 billion in uh -huh. asset, right? Um, recent mergers of last year, no, completed this year, we are now um, $100 billion. Um, with the, a B. With a B. With a B. That's billion with a B. So this is not like a small time regional bank that we're talking about here. We are talking about big leagues. Yeah. And we're poised to really, you know, punch upstream, if you will. And so what I love is the fact that I can give um, some complex mm -hmm. financial tools, um, business and treasury service and lending and, and wealth management and mm -hmm. financial planning and, and really just put that in the hands of a practice owner that might not have access to that. Yes, exactly. And one of my favorite things about Keith is that he's one of the few bankers who actually cares. So he will often tell me, hey, Nermeen, I'm looking for a really good CPA or a really good fill in the blank for my client that does this. Not a lot of bankers are out there working for their clients that way, right? And you're just one of the few, so. Yeah, you know, I wanna be a part of that doctors, you know, kind of like the five trusted professionals, right? Yes. So the CPA, you uh -huh. know, the go-to, um, there's probably a brilliant business attorney, <laughs> right? There's a, um, a financial advisor, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. um, there's an insurance, commercial insurance yep. agent, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I wanna be that business banker, right? Yep. And kind of be 
a part of those conversations that are forward-looking every 90 days or so, yeah. right? Where you're talking, you know, you're talking to the CPA about yeah. tax strategies, yeah. <laughs> um, which might lead to some financing and financial decisions that get yeah. made. So it's a, it's a great thing for me to help others, um, you know, yeah. kind of build that team. I love that. Okay, so this episode, we're talking a lot about what you can do, how you can leverage your banking relationship. And listen, if the pandemic taught you anything, it's that it's so important to have your banking relationship be with someone who you can call personally on your phone. I know Keith has, I have Keith's cell phone number and you know, Keith will, will respond to me via text and I know he does the same for his clients and my clients as well. And so I just want you to know that your banking relationship is incredibly important. You do not want to call a 1-800 number trying to figure out why a certain check bounced, what happened with your triple P loan, what happened oh with EIDL. Like you don't want to be waiting for that stuff. You want the money and you want it now. And you know, even though we're kind of coming out of the pandemic right now, what I want you to know is that there's money available and that you can get things financed, especially your equipment, your land that you have if you're buying and selling a practice. Hi doctors and welcome. My name is Nermeen Jasani and I'm a lawyer turned dental practice consultant. And this is the Wildly Successful Dental Practice Podcast. I help dental practice owners like you create a wildly successful dental practice. One where they're not just the associate in their practice, but they're also the CEO. I abhor hacks or gimmicks, and I believe and practice business fundamentals and proven business strategy. There is no one size fits all strategy. Everything needs to be tailored to your unique dental practice, practice specialty area, and revenue goals. This is not about feelings. This is about numbers and making data-driven decisions to grow your practice. Let's get drilling on this episode. Keith, talk to me more about this stuff in more detail. Yeah, so right now, you know, there, there, there's some industry, uh, you know, specialty in the different um, practices that are kind of focused in, right? Yep. But just for macroeconomic trends, right? Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, right now there's a lot of kind of liquidity. Um, yes. You mentioned the triple P, yes. um, EIDL, right? Yes. So we know that there's, um, you know, and, and even just because of the pandemic, a lot of practice owners have been trying to keep more dry powder, yes. keeping more cash on hand. Yes. So, you know, this year we're saying, you know, uh, more of that acquisition activity, right? Yes. Growth through acquiring practices. Yep. Yep, and you can get that financed, by the way. If you wanna buy a practice that has a $5 million EBITDA, that doesn't mean you have to cough up $5 million tomorrow <laughs> and put your house you know, as collateral. That's totally not what needs to happen. Keith, is that a lot of what you're seeing right now? And what does that process typically look like? You know, what are the financials? How does it look? Are they gonna wait like six months before they get an answer? <laughs> no, so really, again, going back to that financial team, right? That that CPA has right now what I, what we need, right? Yeah. So we're at the you know start of the year, right? Uh -huh. So I'm looking at a loan package, right? Whether we're financing equipment, whether uh -huh. we're financing another practice, we're financing real estate. Um, you know, I'm looking at a loan package that includes three years of business and personal tax returns. Okay. 
Three years, gotcha. I'm looking at three years, like most recent, mm -hmm. you know, balance sheet and income statement as well. Yep, balance um, sheet and income statements, not just your tax returns, but those other documents that you probably don't pay attention to <laughs> that your CPA sends to you every single month. Um, I'm looking at a business debt schedule, which I typically will kind of help my client craft, right? So uh -huh. I'll, when I get that balance sheet, right, uh -huh. I'll look through the liability section, uh -huh. pinpoint, you know, some loan amounts, and then get with their CPA or get with a doctor to yep. you know, collect that payment data. Mm -hmm. um, and a personal financial statement, um, which in some cases the wealth manager kind of takes care of already. In mm -hmm. some cases, um, you know, we'll, we, we have a form, of course. Yes. Um, but that's, a, that's, you know, if you talk to any, you know, financial professional, they say it's a good idea for, you know, household to just kind of maintain their personal financial statement. My yes. wife and I, we have ours. We, you know, review it uh, yes. at least annually, right? Yes, yes, um, which so is what you should be doing, by the way. If you're not, please review your financial, personal financial statement at least once a year. Yeah, yeah you know, get dusted off and kind of see where yes. all the assets <laughs> exactly. are being held. <laughs> exactly, and you'll be surprised how much changes in a year and how much your own net worth could increase or decrease mm -hmm. in a year, right? You might end up getting acquired, being acquired, having, you know, some part of your portfolio, you know, increase in value tremendously, that increases your personal financial worth. And that makes you look more attractive to bankers like Keith. And right? it's a good thing for me to understand how your personal assets are held, right? Yes. I won't get into how the sausage is made or how commercial loans are underwritten, That's right? That's totally um, okay. But just understand that, you know, at the end of the day as a banker, you know, I'm looking at that net income. Yes. I'm adding back those non-cash items, right? Uh -huh. um, I'm adding in the positive, hopefully personal cash flow from that doctor. Yep. Um, and I'm taking a look at the debts of the practice, right? And understanding what that ratio of that EBITDA plus mm -hmm. positive personal cash flow divided yep. by the debt, yep. um, the annualized debt service the practice has. So, you know, what's interesting, um, time, right? You, you, you mentioned, you know, it's just gonna be a six month process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I love are that, you know, at First Citizens Bank, commercial loans are underwritten in the markets that you know, we're in. Yep. So real in reality, the underwriter happens in my office, right? Yes. Um, I'm reviewing the financials. I'm making sure that they, you know, conform. I'm, I'm identifying trends. I'm yep. gonna have questions for the practice, kind of understand. Yep. And I think you're also already answering the questions that maybe underwriting is going to have. So it's not yes. like you get to underwriting and then you're stopped for a month. No, because you've already addressed yes. all of this stuff that you know may normally come up for a dental practice at that first step when mm -hmm. it's with you before it even goes into underwriting. And so what that does is, again, going time, right? A lot of times I can move through with an approval, you know, within... You know, I want to three day, three business days, right? And he's not joking about that. I've literally sent him a <laughs> client, and he's gotten that client approved in almost no time. And let me just, I just really want to acknowledge you for how hard you work and how great you are at what you do because this uh, client of mine was referred to three other bankers, and those three other bankers dodged him around, didn't respond to him, or didn't really think that he was important enough to to get a response. I sent him to. Keith and literally in 24 hours they had already talked they had talked multiple times the client was fully aware of what was needed in almost like five days five like calendar days <laughs> I feel like this loan was approved and my client was like yep we're in a we're gonna go and get an appraisal I was like how that was so fast and so when you have an amazing banker like Keith that's why things happen fast. That's when things don't get stuck. So, and that's a good point because you know he was in a purchase money transaction, yes. right? Well, was interestingly enough, you know, I'm for longtime clients of mine, they know I'm a fan of getting them approved for a loan before yep. they get into due diligence, yep. right? Before they're 
while you and the you know agent are still kind of executing the PSA, right? Getting the you know yep. getting the seller's notes. Um, you know, I'm, I like to have that approval already yep. to go, and I like to be able to send that with yep. that commitment letter yep. rather than a term sheet, right? Yep. It's kind of add strength to this deal. But mm -hmm. you know, gosh, your client was at least he had the strong CPA team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, was able to get me the. They were they were you know about eight days into the transaction. Yep. But you know, I'm what I um something that we also do differently is we're reviewing that purchase and sale agreement. Mm -hmm. um, I'm emailing the client and the agent, right? Uh, just a yep. quick timeline of what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, um, due diligence, 45, 60 days, right? Mm -hmm. Time to close. So that way, I'm getting make sure that everybody's in agreement, mm -hmm. right? And then, in a especially a, a time is money of the essence, right? Yes. In a real estate transaction. Yes. Um, I'm a, a business banker. is kind of like a quarterback, right? Yes. So it's my job to make sure that you know your money doesn't go hard. Mm -hmm. Meaning, um, you've put down some earnest money. Yes. Um, you have a couple of trigger points in the transaction. Yes. That you can have that refunded. Yes. Um, what I would like to make sure is we maximize the entirety of that due diligence process. Yes. Um, by getting an approval early, yes. it allows us to go in and go ahead and you know get yep. the appraisal ordered, which we know, you know, especially now, it can take a little bit of time because there's it high can. demand for yes. the services. Yes, for sure. Hi, doctors. Just a quick note here from Nermeen. I know you're busy running your practice, and I know you know that there's a lot that you could be doing to grow it. I want you to know that I'm here to help, and I'd love to chat with you for 30 minutes so we can talk about your practice goals and your practice vision. I also know that you might be a little nervous to work with a consultant, especially because they tend to charge a lot and they want to work with you for these long-term contracts. I'm not like that at all. And if after talking for 30 minutes, you decide that you want to work in just a small bite-sized way, we can do that through a day of strategy. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a day and we work together for five days. And then I check in with you after 30 days and then after 60 days to see how things are going. So no long-term commitments, no overpriced consulting here, just good old strategy to grow your practice your way. If you're interested, take a look at the link below and you'll be able to schedule a call with me to talk about the day of strategy. I look forward to helping you. So it is so important to be in touch with your banker, not just like when you need something, but before you need something. So I know that Keith is actually one of the bankers who will go around and stay in touch with his clients. So what does that look like for you, Keith? Typically, are you checking in two times a year, five times a year? How does, how is it? It depends on the practice, right? But you know, more often than not, we're meeting probably every 90 days. Wow, do you hear that? Do you talk to your banker every 90 days? Does your banker make time for you every 90 days? All right, Keith, this is so wonderful. Keep going. Yeah. So it's a quarterly conversation. And, and really, again, my goal is to be, is to understand what the practice needs yeah. in the future, right? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes banking is reactionary, but mm -hmm. first citizens bankers, we're really, we're really trying to be there to be consultative yeah. um, and to play, you know, a, a collaborative advisory role. Yeah. Um, I am not a doctor, <laughs> right? I don't have, I don't have and you don't play one on TV either. <laughs> I don't play yes, one on okay. um, but really, what I want to do is I want to be, I want to help doctors make timely decisions. Yes. With actionable financial intelligence. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of times when we are pursuing a loan, um, you know, I'll get spreads done for the financials, and I'll mm -hmm. be able to kind of get industry benchmarking, right? Yep. To be able to, you know, objectively show a practice owner, hey, here's your practice versus the industry. Yep. And then here's your practice versus, you know, local, right? Yep. Um, just to kind of give some of those, you know, 
doctors are people who do extremely, you know, they're, they're very knowledgeable and they do very good with actual performance data. Yes, um, and give them like numbers that feel tangible. So like, yes. here's how you're doing against the nation's average of other orthodontists and you know, you're right in line, but for the state of Georgia and in the little city of Atlanta that you're in, you're a little bit lower. So, you know, it gives them an idea of where they need to push and if they even need to push. And, and you know, a lot of business owners, doctors in particular, you know, sometimes can be debt averse, right? Yeah. Um, you know, debt is a four letter word, but it's not a four letter <laughs> word, right? Yes, um, exactly. Strategic use. And, and, and again, it's what we're kind of, we're seeing now, right? We're, we're seeing practices that have some dry powder yeah um, they learn from the pandemic yes um, quick side story right? I, I remember it was about now right I was having a 90-day conversation with a doctor this was before the pandemic uh -huh. you know took place so this was way this this time of year way back in 2020 mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about a working capital line of credit mm -hmm. right this was a practice that's very liquid yep um, you know, there there's a short you know collection period for insurance, but a lot yeah, of maybe 30, 60 days. Yeah. Um, we put that line of credit in place with a little pushback from the doctor, uh -huh. right? Um, I don't really need it. My practice is doing okay. I always collect. I have ninety-seven percent collection. You know the things that you're probably thinking to yourself right now. Yes, keep <laughs> going, Keith. And it was powerful how uh, the timing of that, right? Because little did we know that there would be a shutdown, right? Of everything. Of and everything. You were closed for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you had zero clients, and you were just waiting at home to get the okay to go back in, yes. Now, as we all know, you know, uh, if you remember that time where that paycheck protection yes. product came out, yes. um, you know, my phone was ringing off of the hook. Oh, of course. I'm <laughs> um, sure doctors that you hadn't heard from in years were calling you. But there was an interesting trend that I observed, right? So first of all, you know, we know that first wave was there was a tranche of money applied, uh -huh. got cut off, yep. <laughs> then they applied. Yep. And, I, you know, I was there, I was the person who believed that this was going to get, you know, taken care of. So I was just telling people, pack your patients. You all have been introduced to government, you know, a government form. Yes. It has to be perfect. Yes. <laughs> it had to be yes. perfect. Um, but a lot of those practices that had that dry powder, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was their own cash, yeah. plus that backing of just that little bit yeah. addition of that line of credit, were there was a little bit less angst pressure. and yes. anxiety. They didn't feel like they had to call you and text you 700 times before they got you on the phone because they knew that you had taken care of them, that you had set them up with a line of credit, which is exactly what it's there for. It's not a, it's not a rainy day fund. It's a, <laughs> it's more of a, hey, you know, we know that this money is going to come in. We're just a tiny bit short, couple days, you know, bolster it's some cash. It's a good tool to have, yeah. right? It's a very good tool to have. And I, and I remember what's interesting is that prior year, right? You know, mm -hmm. talking, um, you know, Every year, December, there's a mad dash to buy equipment, right, for the yes. tax benefit pocket yes. that year. And yes. sometimes practices wait until the last minute to yes. do it. But yes. I, I remember having conversations with some doctors that had decided to take some of that liquid capital they yep. had. And they paid cash for some equipment that they probably could have financed. Oh, so that makes me, that hurts. That hurts just a little bit. So yeah. Imagine that compound problem now. You've yes. got the first cash. time mm -hmm. ever in, in history we've, we've seen something like this happen, right? Um, so the, the bottom line is a lot of business owners started to really understand, number one, the value of having your banker on speed dial. Yes. Um, yes. You know, even because of the nature of that PPP process, uh -huh. even if I could say nothing else except for we have a full application, <laughs> <laughs> it is en route, <laughs> that was more reassuring than hearing nothing. Yes. Right? 
Um, yes. And I'm very proud of how the leadership at First Citizens really like supported, you know, because th these were bankers that yes. were doing these loans. Right? Yes. This was, you know, we were supporting our clients there and we were making sure that we understood their need, they yep. filled it out correctly. Yep, that you <laughs> got the amount of money that you needed and you weren't shortchanged in any way. And yes. yes. And then now, you know, well, since then we're helping them with the forgiveness process, yes. which, you know. Which is a whole process on its own, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that having that access, having that person on speed dial. So yeah. really, relationships have always mattered yeah. in, in business and in banking, but I yeah. think that that just, just, it kind of really reinforced that point. Oh, I love um, that. But then also really understanding that, again, you know, it, your financial advisor, mm -hmm. um, your wealth team will probably have some good ideas for mm -hmm. how you can deploy some of the liquid capital that you have. Yep. Um, especially where rates have been and still are where they're relatively low, mm -hmm. um, it might be good for strategic use of debt, right? Yes, yes. And okay, I know you and I have played this game at, um, <laughs> a, a couple of times, but all right, so you said something which was, you know, they went and they took their cash out of, from their practice or wherever the cash was sitting and they bought all this equipment. Now, here's the game that Keith and I would like to play, which is you could do it that way, but why would you, right? So let's go through some examples. Equipment for the practice, that fancy dental laser equipment, a new direct machine, whatever it is, you can buy cash or or you can structure a loan that's you know amortized over the useful life of that equipment, right? Um, you know, probably a max of eight to ten years or so, right? Yeah. Again, um, what's helpful is a, a me understanding your practice needs, right? Me working through you know kind of a timeline, like like a Gantt chart. Mm -hmm. Me understanding this is what the practice needs in 2022. Yep. Here's what we're doing in 2023. Uh, you know, it, it might be beneficial if we structure a shorter term loan to, to minimize interest, yep, right? Yeah. Um, or based on cash flow, right? If there's some additional needs, it might be a good idea for us to maybe structure that a little bit longer so that you have yep. um, a lower. But but at any rate, the conversation that yep. takes place is what's different. Mm -hmm. And that conversation, not backed by my opinion, yeah. but based the on numbers. The, the, the actual <laughs> numbers, right? Yes. I don't create the numbers, yes. <laughs> right? They yes. come from your from CPA, your, your bookkeeper, yes. right? Yes. Um, but us understanding what decisions are needed to be made today yep. and how those will impact decisions yep. in the future. I think that's, um, you know, that sometimes I think is what is missing. And I've heard from feedback from my clients about that's what's missing in those relationships. It's, it's walk me through the process, right? Yes. This decision, this decision, this decision. Yep. How are they interlinked? And everything is related when you have a practice, right? Like, because whatever you make in your practice is going to support your personal life and your family and just all of that. So you want to make sure that your practice is like solid. The foundation yes. is concrete, it, that it's not built on sand. And so, you know, we talk a lot about the things that you can finance. And you said that, you know, that it is a four letter word. Some people <laughs> see it as a bad word, but it's actually not. You can actually be incredibly strategic about this where you are, you know, using debt amortiz amortization schedules. <laughs> it's a complicated word. And then you're then using that to then pay less taxes because you've got depreciation on these on these equipment and the land and everything else. So it really is a big picture strategy that is being presented to you by your team. And what's interesting now, team. yeah, the um, I think the, the Federal Reserve is coming doing my job for me, right? We, we know that, you know, Jerome Powell has stated there will be, what, six interest rate hikes this year? Yes. So right now I'm talking to my medical and dental practice clients about 
what is your capex expenditure plan for capital expenditure yep. what, what equipment does the practice need this year this now year? not in december but now <laughs> it's a good time to have that conversation now right yes. so getting with that cpa to estimate the tax liability at some maybe, maybe midway through the year right yes get an understanding of that but what i'm doing right now is we're doing equipment guidance facility a, a guided facility at a bank is something is a, is a line of credit that has a mm -hmm. specific purpose mm -hmm. um, so I'm doing a guidance line of credit um, that has a purpose for buying equipment we're doing a forward lock rate so we're locking the rate today yeah and we're you know you have the chance to use that today's interest rate for 12 calendar months right so when those interest rate hikes happen you are not paying the higher rate you're already approved at today's rate today's rate 12 months and to it's do a takedown right yeah. Um, and that a product like that becomes again more valuable yeah. the during the environment that you're in right so yeah. we are in a rising interest rate environment um, we are also in some we're seeing some supply chain yes. disruption yes so a, and you know, prices of equipment going up because of that right, right. we're seeing all of this you know happening. That's, that's a good point so now when we're kind of calculating that capital expenditure need yep I'm factoring about one and a quarter one and a half times yep. just, just to cover the, the normal cost of price, price right? yep um, yep. And we're making sure that, you know, we can get that equipment order in earlier yep. so that they can be in your practice, right? And, that's, and it's locked. Like, it's locked in. You don't yeah. have to, like, wait for this. So that's the really important part in all of this is a little bit of planning is a very <laughs> long way in your practice. And I know that, you know, as a practice owner, you're like, oh, I've got so many things to do. i got to get to the practice. I've got a full schedule of patients. And then I've got these work-ins that my front desk keeps throwing in. And then i got to go home. i got to take the kids to soccer. And then we got to have dinner. And then we've got study club. And you've got all these things going on. But putting these things off is not really going to help you. So if you get one thing from this conversation, it's act proactively, yes. right? You want to act now. And if you don't have a banker, consider Keith. So Keith, tell us how people can get in touch with you. Tell us, you know, where people can reach you. And if they're not in Atlanta, which you might be listening to this from California, from Washington, from Colorado, wherever in the country you are, there's still going to be a First Citizens banker that can help you. So tell us what they can do. Um, I'll make sure we have my LinkedIn contact information, yes. but you know, I have my cell number, my email address there. Um, and to your point, you know, since I'm here with you, you know, if, if someone is in, a, in another market, you know, um, contacting me, I'll just do the legwork to possibly find a business banker that's kind of in your in your area there. But um, if, you're, if you're in dental, you have probably interacted with the First Citizens Bank at some yes. point. Yes. Um, I would encourage maybe getting that on that coffee or you know brunch, right? Yes. Kind of meeting and and really taking that time to work on the business, yes. opposed to in it, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and look, as a, as a practice owner, I don't want you to think that people are constantly trying to sell you, that they're trying to take your time. They're genuinely here to help you, right? They don't want to see you make bad decisions with your practice, purchase that very expensive piece of equipment for $300,000 cash, and now something's happened and you need access to that cash and you don't have a line of credit and what are you going to do you just brought on a new associate right like we have seen it yes. all and this <laughs> is why we recommend the things that we do because we've seen it all and we don't want you to be in a position where you're not properly protected and you don't have the right sort of tools as you've called them at your disposal
and, and that's really what we're here to do. And in fairness, you know, again, I I invite people to have a conversation with your current banker, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, maybe that conversation starts where you your current relationship is held. Um, and I think once you start that conversation, right, if you're not getting, you know, access to some sort of recurring meeting, if you're not having kind of deeper conversations about your forward-looking plans for the business, then what happens is you maybe start to choose a different partner, right? Yes. Um, I meet with my financial advisor every quarter, yes. right? Yeah. Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, having, or my CPA, you know, I couldn't imagine having a financial partner in my life that I d did not understand what my needs were mm -hmm. and we weren't meeting routinely in some way. So yep. I think sometimes starting where you are yep. um, and then, you know, taking a meeting to kind of understand what the differences are yep. with what they may offer versus another is probably yeah. good, good, good best practice. Yes. And look, I think Keith has a much softer approach than I do. So my my recommendation is going to be this, right? Here's, here's the reality. If you don't have your banker's cell phone number, if you are calling a 1-800 number and you're waiting on hold for 15 minutes and they're asking you what's your social, what's your name, what's your address, like they've never heard you before and, and it's kind of delayed between your responses and their responses, listen, it's time to get a new bank, all right? And we're not saying, you know, drop them tomorrow, but definitely start exploring and seeing how your practice is gonna benefit from having someone like Keith who's in your court, who's rooting for you, who's on your team, meeting with you every 90 days to see what needs to be planned and prepared for in your practice. So just keep that in mind. Any final words here, Keith? You know what? I, I'm. We're here to support. Um, I, I personally just have nothing but positive experiences with medical professionals. I'm, I'm thankful that you guys are here doing what you do, right? <laughs> um, as a banker, you know, credit scores don't matter as much as the human the concerns for the human yes. body, right? Money yes. is, so So thank you for having me on the show. And of course. I truly hope that this was valuable for, for all, all the listeners all across yeah all across the globe yeah of course and listen uh all the contact information is going to be in the show notes please do reach out to keith if you would like a conversation with him and that's everything for this episode thank you so much for listening in dentist we've so appreciate it and hopefully you learned a thing or two on this episode thanks so much bye hey how are you guys today so really what Insperity does is we help businesses by taking off a lot of the headaches of being an employer of people. And I know that sounds like a tough nut to crack, which is why I'd love for you to give me a buzz so we can talk about it. But really we help you drive your business by mitigating risk uh, from being, again, the employer of people. So focus on the big things like being a dentist.